What's up, guys? This is Robin Copernicus with Metaverse Land Club, the think tank toolkit community for investor entrepreneurs looking to grow generational wealth with the metaverse. And I am joined by Anna. Hey, everyone. Welcome. I hope we really are live. I hope we are live. Yeah, we're definitely live. I'm looking at our YouTube thing. We were having a little bit of technical difficulties for it. And yeah. What's up? Where are you right now? Because you're not at home and you're using like your data plan to log on, right? Yeah. So I'm actually camping with some friends. It was a friend's birthday and I had a program a couple of weeks ago before these, this whole show like kind of got weekly. But I still managed to be here and enjoy the beach at the same time. So, yeah, I'm just having fun with some friends. Nice. All right. I think the way we're going to kick it off right now, welcome to Headlines with MLC. And yeah, we already introduced ourselves, so we might as well just keep going. Okay, so in today's episode, we are going to go over the price of Ethereum again. Then we'll go over some MLC Discord news. There was some, I wouldn't say controversy, but some concerns in the Discord. So we'll share that with you as well. Then we're going to go right into the road to NFT adoption. There's some right-click high stories, a couple right-click high stories, actually. What would Snoop Dogg do? So in the last episode, we talked about this post that Snoop Dogg put out about basically the history of NFTs. And if you want to learn more about the culture and the history, then this would be a good section uh, to stick around. We'll also talk about some things that are happening in the land watch space and then also game watch. And they're kind of similar land and game, but we just figured we needed to separate them out. Then we also have this section NFTs for non DGENs. And again, this is NFTs for social good. So it's like NFTs on the other side. And yeah, this is like Anna's alley. Anna, this is Anna's favorite section. And then, of course, we're going to end it with the top headlines of the week. All right. So price for Ethereum and gas. Yesterday, Ethereum, I think, dropped below 3,000. And it was like trading between 2,900. Now it's around 3,000. And yeah, this is um, interesting. So proof of stake has, well, we haven't transitioned into proof of stake yet. And when you have your Ethereum in your wallet, I think what you might have to do is transition to the proof of stake chain. So some people are recommending to move it to a trusted regulated exchange like Coinbase and let them handle all of that. But we will let you know exactly what to do when we get closer to this fork. All right, and then gas is at 51, which is kind of normal which is how it's kind of been for the past two months. So we're, we're not seeing all the spikes in gas that I thought we would be seeing because people are getting their tax refunds. April 15th, people just got paid as well. It's still kind of flat. All right, the road to NFT adoption. And in this week's news, we actually had some like ups and downs for adoption. So let's go. Are we going to do our did you know thing? No, I, for this one, I don't think we should do the did you know, because there's like the ups and downs. Yeah. And so, it's <laughs> yeah, I'll do it for this one. Anna, did you know that Fidelity is creating an ETF that offers exposure to the metaverse and digital payments? No, I didn't. And something I don't know either is what's an ETF. Okay, so an ETF is an exchange traded fund. So what will happen is, you know how on the stock exchange, you will have stocks, right? And these stocks, they're, they're pretty much securities. And you can trade stocks 
on this exchange? Well, what if you wanted to buy some stocks and put it in a basket and to put it in a fund? And then what if you wanted to make that fund public where you can actually trade this fund on an exchange as well? So that's an exchange traded fund where it's a fund that you can actually buy into on the stock market. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. And, how, and But I don't really get exactly what, where the exposure comes from or what's... Yeah, the so... So the plan is when they release this fund, whoever buys into the fund, they take that money and they buy other securities with it. So they will buy stocks that have something to do with the metaverse. So maybe haptic feedback gloves, maybe treadmills, may maybe games, maybe Neuralink, anything that's related to the metaverse. And I should actually go back. One of the reasons that they're doing this is because Fidelity, I mean, they, you know, these businesses, they... They make money by providing market services. And if there's enough demand, if people want Bitcoin, they're going to provide Bitcoin services. If people want an ETF with metaverse and, and digital payments, they're, they're going to try to get that done. So Fidelity actually put a license into the, into the SEC for this ETF back in late January, and it just got approved. Um, I think they also had an application for, to do spot trades for Bitcoin. And that one did not get approved. Now and now you know. All right, you want to do this one? All right. So, Robin, did you know Forbes is launching a hundred virtual billionaire NFTs for its Genesis drop? Wow, Forbes! Because <laughs> Forbes is in it, right? <laughs> yeah. What do you know about this collection? I really didn't do the research on this one, to be honest. I thought it was okay. Great. So, so yeah, so Forbes, they, this is their first NFT launch and it's a PFP. It's a virtual billionaire. It's not based off of a real person, but they minted this on April 11th. And to be able to mint it, you had to be a Forbes subscriber and you had to have 0.25 Ethereum in your wallet. I'm not really sure what the mint price was. Um, I'm not sure if it was 0.25 or if they were accounting the gas charges in that. Maybe it was like 0.2 and they wanted you to have gas. But you did have that 0.25 in your wallet to be able to register for the drop. And the drop happened on the FTX NFT exchange, which I didn't even realize they had an NFT exchange. Did you? No. I mean, it's a huge, okay. It's a huge exchange. But yeah, they have an NFT exchange. They dropped it on that exchange. There are some selling on the secondary markets. I, I saw some transactions on OpenSea where they were selling anywhere between 0.4 to 2.5 Ethereum. All right. So I guess what's really like big on this one is that the, the off, what's the word? Like the quantity is very small. Like the, uh, well, just... so, so this is the Genesis drop. And yeah, the, the Genesis drop is 100. And the way they worded it, what I'm, I'm saying is Genesis drop, but they worded it as the initial drop. So I'm guessing that they might even launch more. One of the cool perks is if you own this, one of these NFTs, then your wallet address is published on Forbes um, website. Oh my God. <laughs> so you could say, hey, mom, I made it. I'm on Forbes. My Ooh. wallet's on Forbes. <laughs> your wallet's on OpenSea. My wallet's on Forbes. That could be like, yeah. Anyway, all right, Wikipedia users do not like crypto. This is very surprising. I actually, it kind of is 
it, this is one of the back steps we were talking about in this road to NFT adoption. So what actually happened is that the community of Wikipedia actually asked for the board to stop accepting cryptocurrency donations. Basically, the argument is that cryptocurrency is extremely risky in terms of investment. So accepting these kind of donations just signals like endorsement to this space. And they don't want to like taint the reputation in a way, which is kind of of Wikipedia taint the reputation of Wikipedia. And, okay, what, what was the what was the percentage of people that said no? You know, we don't want to accept crypto. It was more than seventy percent, if I'm not mistaken. It was like seventy three percent of the community. So yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. All right, Horizon Worlds is coming to a web browser. So this is a positive thing for the road to adoption. A lot of people don't like Meta. They don't like Facebook. This is a very corporate metaverse, but I'm actually looking forward to it. Mark Zuckerberg announced earlier today, or he kind of gave a preview of what your hands would look like in their metaverse, because they're really working on this idea of presence, right? And they showed a demo of someone playing a guitar in the metaverse. So that's like how accurate your fingers can be. And you need these big corporations to be building tech like this, right? So we need smaller organizations like ours, independent organizations to be able to innovate, move fast. But at the same time, you need these bigger organizations as well to drop a lot of money on just advancing the tech. And then once the tech is advanced, you know, usually tech gets democratized and then everyone can start using it. Yeah, that's definitely one way to put it. It's actually a very insightful aspect of just investment in the space and just in case if this wasn't as obvious to other ones the horizon bros was actually only available um before just on the oculus right you can really and like what's the word Mm. yeah that was the only way to access access the horizon worlds metaverse i think we had some more yeah this is like related i'm so glad i switched over so meta wants 47.5 percent of your money a lot of people threw their hands up in the air and was like what so i i think i read this and it, it definitely does sound a lot but the way it's working is the store itself like i think the i'm not sure exactly how it's working but the store itself is making 30 percent but then the metaverse platform license that is the the remaining balance is 17.5% and added it's like 47.5%. This is definitely bad marketing. Like if you were to say, hey, your cost of doing business is like you started adding up your property taxes and all these different things, it would scare someone, right? But when you start disaggregating them all, then it's much more marketable. And the 30%, I think is still a little too high. They were essentially claiming or not claiming, but they were pointing fingers at Apple saying, hey, Apple charges so much. And then they had the audacity to go ahead and charge similar with that 30%. So what, sorry, what I really didn't get exactly is whose money are they getting? Okay, so this is for digital items that are sold in the store. So let's say you're a creator or let's say FSW3 is the creator and we create a bunch of digital assets for meta horizons and then we sell those assets well the store is going to get 30 percent, and the platform just to be in their metaverse that platform license that's another 17.5 percent 
That's too much. Definitely too much. I'm not really sure exactly whether it's too much or not, or really it just depends on what the economics are, right? If you're making money, you're you're going to go there. If you look at Google ads, most people's businesses, Google is like 50, 60% of their entire budget. You know, Google takes all of that, but Google built the infrastructure to help get the word out about these businesses. So these businesses are definitely doing right because if you're if you're going to put in one dollar to get one dollar out, you're going to do that as much as you can because that's still money. All right, I, I see. Yeah. All right, Uniswap. So third-party apps can now add a swap widget provided by Uniswap. So what people are going to get is people can actually embed a swap widget onto your website with one line of code. It's like a React component. And this is going to increase adoption because this will help more people accept all different types of crypto, swap crypto, and then accept, accept payments. So I think this is going to be cool. This is something that's definitely needed where it needs to be easier to get into crypto. I'm not sure if Uniswap is the answer. I actually like some of the stuff that people are doing with credit cards. And what exactly is like, what does it mean to swap or what, what does the word swap imply here? So if you have a currency, let's say you have like, or is this just know, a like die token, right? And uh -huh. you want to buy something with Ethereum. So instead of having to go to an exchange and, and do all of that, you can just do it from this website instead of having to go to Uniswap. It's basically bringing, so Uniswap is an exchange, it's basically bringing Uniswap to people's websites. Yeah, yeah, exactly, it's an integration. All right, what's this? All right, so Archie Comics, I guess, this is well known. I didn't really get to grow up <laughs> reading these comics or like even being aware, but I do know the TV series that they launched recently. So I'm kind of familiar. So they're Riverdale. launching. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So they're launching their own NFT collectibles. It's called Archievers. And what they're trying to do is that they want the fans to co-create the future series with this NFTs. And I think that's pretty cool. Interesting. I, yeah, I did read that they're going to be PFP. And wow, where did you even find this image? This image, I don't, well, let me go back. What happened? I don't remember Archie and the gang being this ugly. Image that was like no copyrights. <laughs> so this one was one yeah. of the other. This doesn't even look like freckles. It looks like pimples. I don't know. All right. Casino NFTs get blocked by regulators in Alabama and Texas. And this one's actually a little important because it affects some of the people on our server. Because I know some of the people on our server, they were really heavily invested into was it san vegas casino club yeah yeah so so here's the thing any nft project that's promising you a profit share that is a security and that's illegal and they're probably going to get um, shut down so if you actually go to metaverselandclub.com once we release our nft one of the the common questions is hey am i going to be able to to make income passive income off of this like does the nft provide passive income from land so this nft does not provide passive income nor a promise to income and any nft that promises to do so is a security and would need to be registered with the sec unless only dealing with accredited investors tip without hoping ho hopefully not making anyone upset but if they're promising a profit share then 
they don't know what they're doing or it's a rug pull because they have to register it with the SEC and the chances of them getting that done are pretty much slim to none. So I was actually reading that this, that there may be kind of like a loophole in this case, for especially for the San Vegas Casino Club, because apparently they're not U.S.-based. So it's still unclear oh. whether be forced or like enforced to follow these kind of legal aspects or what will go on with the operation. So what do you think actually happens if they're not U.S.-based, but they're still like selling to people? Because this, this happened in like two U.S. states. But the NFT is not actually used space, so it's kind of tricky. Okay, so the the sad truth with the global banking system is if U.S. banks aren't going to allow it, then any other bank system that's connected to something like this will probably get dinged as well, and they won't allow it. So, yes, they can probably release something that if they you know, say, hey, U.S. investors are not allowed to invest in this. And, you know, maybe they're launching this NFT from Fiji or, or some island in the Pacific or something. Yeah, maybe maybe they can they can get away with it. But. Or maybe they just didn't even know, right? Like that could also happen. Like you're not even aware like of our like external regulations. So I will say I'm not I'm not really too familiar with the San Vegas Club Casino um, gamblers, so I don't know how legit or what their organization had or what their plans were for regulations. But if let's just say this, if they have a big organization with a professional team, then they they definitely should have known, right? And I'll just leave it at that. That's all I can say. Yeah, and it's also like one of the precautions that you, one has to take measures, especially when it comes to like profit sharing or something that it's kind of big. I mean, you're promising promising money to people. Yeah, and that was that was a whole thing with ICOs too. ICOs where they were promising income to people and, and things like that, and those got shut down quickly. They had, they did come out with STOs, which are security token offerings, but those would be registered with the SEC. All right, right click. Heist. We need like a sound effect for this one. Okay, so there was a huge security flaw in Rarible that could have wiped out users' NFTs. And that's kind of the thing about smart contracts. Sometimes you're not even sure if there is an exploit that someone can find maybe years down the road. Someone just hasn't found it yet, and they, they can do it years down the road. So a security research team, they found a flaw in Rarible. They alerted Rarible. So the problem is fixed. But I think the reason we bring this up is because there's these types of security flaws, one of the things that you do or should do is to make sure that you're revoking access to any of these exchanges. Um, so if you go to a place like, let's see, let me open up a new browser. Why is it not opening? What happened? I think it's kind of stuck. Just oh no! Oh, okay, there was like it was like a zoom, zoom thing. All right, so this one's for Ethereum. I know people out there are, are using different types, but this is called Revoke.cash. And when you go to Revoke.cash, you can type in your Ethereum address, Copernicus.f. And it'll show you all the different connections you have with different things. So right here, you're looking at the NFT connections that I have. So I have connections with Open, and 
this essentially gives OpenSea permission to do whatever they want with these tokens, which is okay because that's what I did, right? If I want to sell them on OpenSea, then they need that permission to sell it on their exchange. But if a hacker came in there and hacked OpenSea and wanted to steal all my tokens, they could do that because I had this access open. So what you can do is you can go to revoke.cash, revoke your access. When you click that revoke, you're going to have to connect your wallet. And then when you revoke it, um, you might even have to pay a little bit of gas, but that's how you like totally revoke your access. We've always said, if you're going to be minting something, use a burner wallet. So the, the way it goes is you should have a burner wallet. You should have a, just like a, a hot wallet, maybe your OpenSea profile, but then a cold wallet as well, where you're keeping all your, your NFTs on that. And that will help you stay safe. Any questions, Joanna? No, that was really cool and really helpful just knowing that. that okay. I mean, and also a time saver, right? Like you get it right all in one place and one click. Yeah. Yeah. And revoke.cash is a little bit different from just disconnecting it from MetaMask because you're actually removing the permission and not just the connection. Oh. Okay. All right. Sky Mavis offers a $1 million bug bounty program. So uh, you want to talk about this, Anna? So what I know of this is that recently something happened with a big heist, right? Or like a big hack that happened. I don't remember the name of the actual project or company. But what yeah, so Ronin Chain, they have a liquidity pool. And $600 million was stolen out of that liquidity pool. And the way that they did that is by hacking a bunch of the validator nodes. And they took over those validator nodes with some exploit that they found that was like from a previous revision. And okay. when they updated the chain, they didn't break those permissions and hackers were able to go find that and exploit it to be able to take that money out. And we actually showed that wallet, I think on the last episode or maybe the episode before that, but now Sky Mavis is doing the right thing. They're offering a $1 million bug bounty and hopefully this will encourage security researchers and, and firms to actually find holes in any other projects and yeah for one million dollars they can report it they'll get it fixed one million dollars is very little to lose compared to six hundred million dollars so this is definitely a good program to have we have a bug bounty as well ours isn't a million dollars we don't have a million dollars but a lot of times when people do make really good suggestions or they find typos or they find areas for improvement we definitely reward them with lux and lux is the coin in our Discord server. Okay, what is this, Anna? All right, so there's a new phishing scam going on, or at least one. There's one that's been known of, and but at least it was a lot of money. So what's been going on is that hackers are sending out Apple ID, like renewal password emails. And they're also calling you from a, like a spooning phone, saying like, it's like Apple Inc or whatever. So, What's going on is that they're trying to get you to reset your password because the, okay, so MetaMask saves some of the seed phrase onto your like iCloud. So if they have access to your Apple ID, then they can access iCloud and then they can eventually get access to your MetaMask and wipe out everything you have. So, yeah. so now the question is like, instead of hacking MetaMask, you hack iCloud. So, right. so how, how do they do that? You had... Is that the phrase? <laughs> Are you confusing me? 
no, no. Okay, so so yeah, so essentially they have to hack iCloud. And the way they did it is they didn't actually hack iCloud itself. They did social hacking, right? What they did is they called this guy up and they said, hey, we are Apple, but we need proof that you are you. So we're going to send you this one-time you know, activation code by your text. And what they're actually doing is they're trying to log into his account. And they send that that uh, one-time code and then the the hackers put that in and boom they had yeah. it so this is not apple's fault this is not it could be metamask fault for saving seed phrases in the in the icloud maybe metamask should not do that um but yeah but at the end of the day i mean it, it really just comes down to social hacking and it's so easy to fall for for these kind of things because if apple calls you and says hey you're in danger we need to lock down your account give me your you know what's the code to make sure that you are you like it just you don't that's, know what's going on right it's like instantly you want to be safe so you just provide everything you need to be safe but yeah so just key takeaways guys don't don't pay attention to like random reset password emails probably someone trying to hack you and also don't give out the verification code to anyone that's on you should be the only one to see that code unless unless you're calling the bank first Right. If someone's calling you, then that's automatically a red flag. If you're calling the bank, you're calling the right number, you know, unless the hackers did like a switch or something on your line service. But that, that would be legit. All right. What would Snoop Dogg do? So we talked about this in our last episode where we wanted to kind of highlight the the main takeaways from this article. So let me go back to the few the thread reader. So Cosimo de, de Medici, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I don't know how to pronounce it. I just call it Snoop Dogg because this is actually Snoop Dogg's NFT account. So if you're not sure who this was, or maybe you already do know, but this is Snoop Dogg's account. And Snoop Dogg has, is literally one of the OGs in the metaverse space. And he, in this article that he wrote, and he shares this in his newsletter as well called the Medici Minutes, but he wrote about how essentially BayC flipped CryptoPunks and how it happened. So this whole theory for this entire space is that the first one to do something is, is the collection you want, right? So CryptoPunks, they were the first NFT project right here. CryptoPunks, the, the number one NFT project. And it was because it was one of the first ones. But with CryptoPunks, when you bought a CryptoPunk, you didn't own the rights to a CryptoPunk. And he, in this, in this article, he talks about what it was like, what made Basie so different that made them actually acquire CryptoPunk because now Basie owns CryptoPunks, right? Basie owns CryptoPunks and MeBits. And the way it started is people that own CryptoPunks, they weren't allowed to use their, their CryptoPunks. They didn't have the rights to it. So people were upset. With BayC, people did have the commercial rights to it. So people were launching apparel. Someone was doing a restaurant. Now they're doing like a movie. And the people that own it are getting a lot of benefit from it. And just this move alone flipped, basically had BayC take the number one spot over CryptoPunks. And Snoop Dogg kind of goes on saying that if this theory is broken, you know, what? What can we look forward to in the NFT space? He also named some of his collections that he believes will be some of the OG collections that will still have some value. So he names X copy, 
he names. I think Xcopy was one of the main ones that he named. This is a good article. If anyone wants a link to this article, we'll leave it in the description after this video. Any questions, Anna, about that, about this article? Did you read it? No, no, not entirely, but I wasn't aware that even Basie got the CryptoPunks. Like, and what exactly do you mean that at the beginning you didn't have the right or like you didn't own the rights for the, your crypto? Was that not like the, the technology today was not in place back then or what happened? No, it's not the technology. It's just whatever rights the NFT creator wants to give to you. So let's say I make a song and I, I put that song onto an NFT, right? And I say, hey, Anna, I'm going to sell you this NFT. You can listen to the song whenever you want. And your friends can listen to the song whenever you want, but you're not allowed to put the song on YouTube. You're not allowed to put the song on the radio. Um, you're not allowed to make income from the song, right? So you can just listen to it. Your friends can listen to it, but you don't have all these other rights. So CryptoPunk was similar. You can show this image to your friends. You can own it, but you can't commercialize it. You can't make money off of it. And Bay C was different because Bay C, you could actually make money off of it by selling the rights to the IP. Okay. Interesting. All right. So that's what would Snoop Dogg do? He's always moving and shaking. And if you want to know the story of this little guy, I think that's in the, the last episode. That was it. This was it. Okay. All right. Land Watch. Before we do the Land Watch, let's just check the chat really quick. Still pop in with people putting watermelons and discords. All right. Let's see. Where am I? Okay. I'm always scared like I show something. <laughs> we'll have to go back to that video right at this spot and make sure that I didn't show anything. Okay. So avatars are coming to NFT worlds. So NFT worlds, this is kind of a, an NFT that really just had like this silent blow up because you could buy this for under one ethereum and then all of a sudden like over it seemed like it was almost overnight where it went to three ethereum and then to 10 ethereum and the cool thing about nft worlds is it's actually a platform for metaverses so if you want to build a metaverse you can build your metaverse on nft worlds all you have to do is buy one of their nfts then you get the sdk and you can start building out your metaverse on their metaverse so it's like a metaverse of metaverses and yeah now they're releasing these avatars what do you think of these avatars kind of look looks like minecraft to me <laughs> it does I'm glad it's not like the the totally voxelized one, like Sandbox. And this one looks like a, a little bit higher resolution. But I actually don't like avatars like this. I don't like avatars with, with legs for some reason. And what Horizon Worlds is doing, what Meta is doing, where the avatars don't have legs, is kind of cool. Because then you're just like floating around. <laughs> and if I, was, if I was floating around in the metaverse, why would I walk? I would just want to like lie there <laughs> and just kind of float anywho okay so game watch what's new in the gaming okay so splinterlands decentralizes with their validator nodes i guess this i'm guessing from the whole words and things that it's going on just for like more security methods or like what exactly is going on okay so a validator node is something that is basically verifying the ledger. They're validating the transaction, they're validating that the ledger is correct, 
right? Well, and I'm sorry, go ahead. What is a ledger? A ledger is the blockchain where all these transactions are recorded. Okay. All right. So Splinterlands is decentralizing what validator nodes. So right now, if they didn't so have validator nodes, then I'm sorry, making, go ahead. They're making their transactions open to the public, basically, with the validator. No, what they're, what they're doing is right now, everything is centralized. So Splinterlands, well, if they don't have validator nodes, then yes, everything is centralized. So their metaverse is on their central server. So this is not true decentralization. If you, if you look at Gala, for example, Gala has nodes where each person that's running a node, they're verifying the ledger, right? And this is decentralized because the game doesn't sit in one centralized area. It sits in all these different areas and it's decentralized. And, and, and why this is important is because if it's decentralized, then we have a better way to get to the truth. Because if it was just in one central server, that person has total control, can do whatever they want. And okay. now that it's decentralized, it is up more out in the public. And they're doing this with validator nodes. So validator nodes, they're going to be selling a license. And this is something that is definitely on my watch list because if you know anything about the Gala founder nodes, those were a really good buy. What Splinterlands is doing a little bit different with their validator nodes, however, is with Gala's founder nodes, you're not allowed to resell them. So you buy it and that's it. You can't resell it. Right, but with Splinterlands validator nodes, you can actually sell them. The nodes themselves will be an NFT that you can sell on the secondary market. Okay, so what are, what exactly are nodes? Sorry that we're going into this subject, but I'm I didn't even know that you could sell them. Okay, so a node you can just think of a node as a computer. Okay. All right, and if you take like a whole bunch of computers to make a network, each one of those computers is a node in the network. Okay, okay, okay. All clear. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then what's going on is that the validator license is being put on an NFT. So this NFT, if you hold the NFT, then you hold the license, which means you have the ability to validate transactions if um, if you're chosen. Get it? All right. Yeah. And because it's an NFT, you'll be able to sell it. Where Gala's license is not an NFT. Okay, I see you. Yeah. All right. Big Time's Metaverse is ready for their alpha test. So Big Time, this is definitely on the radar as well because this has a blue chip team behind it. And what what's going on is for their alpha test, whoever has a gold VIP pass will be invited to the alpha test. This is definitely one to watch. NFT for non-DGENs. I think this is all yours, Anna. <laughs> all right. So what, wait, what, is, what does this mean, NFT for non-DGENs? Yeah, I was going to dive into that. So basically, this is NFTs that are working towards social good and just doing something for the community and doing something for the greater good of everyone. So the name is kind of just to keep it in the, the space, the non-DGENs. Well, if you're just a DGEN, then maybe you, you will not care about these news. So one of the top headlines that we saw really, really trending this week is that a Spanish NFT artist organized like a rescue convoy for Ukrainian refugees. 
And what I, what's the takeaway from the this actual article is that basically, well, we see how the crypto space is actually working for something good. And it's actually providing like the funds for people to be actually actually able to do that. And I was actually reading that one of the one of the girls that was like brought by this rescue convoy was so like interested in the whole purpose of the NFTs that she stayed with this guy with this. His name is Aldo Comas, if, if I'm not mistaken, he's a Spanish artist. And she actually wants to learn exactly how NFTs work and maybe even launch her own collection just in, just in order to be able to help fund friends and family that are stuck back in Ukraine and maybe get them out there in time and safe. Let me ask you a question. Okay, was there yeah. an NFT involved in this kind of like rescue operation? Like, did he fund the convoy with NFTs or is it kind of like a separate news? Like he's an NFT artist, it just happened to volunteer and go rescue Ukrainian refugees. But I, I think that he was able to like, with the connections made from this NFT space, he was able to organize it because it was it was like 20 bands that went on to a, like a safety camp and they brought them back. And yeah, yeah, there, there was an actual, an actual NFT like related where it was sold or whatever. But yeah, it's maybe, he's just like an artist in the space. All right. Okay. Okay. The top headlines. Sandbox's parent company, Animoca, buys Eden Games. And it's not like a huge headline, earth shattering, but it's definitely a top headline because if you weren't aware of Animoca Brands, Animoca Brands is one of the largest brands investing into the Web3 space. They actually, Sandbox is actually a subsidiary of Animoca Brands. And the founder recently was on the news for saying that he's betting against Mark Zuckerberg. So why exactly is he betting against Mark Zuckerberg? Can you explain that? Yeah, so I think their philosophies are a little bit different from the founder of Animoca Brands. Animoca Brands, the founder, he, what he says is if, we need, if we're going to build a metaverse, then we need to do it as fast as we can because people, I shouldn't say people, but companies such as Facebook and Tencent are going to keep it closed and they're going to mess it up. And he's more about an open ecosystem. And that's the ethos that he's following with Animoca Brands. For me, honestly, I just think that this is his market differentiation. He's just like marketing. But they recently bought Eden Games. Eden Games does a lot of racing games. So if you were looking at plays on securities, then you could probably look at some of what Animoca Brands is looking at. Yeah, and that's it. Any, any other giveaways or anything else? So no, this is basically it. This was the top headline and yeah, I don't know what else you want to cover. Okay, just really quick shout outs to everyone that's out there, Gary, AG, which is N10582, Kyle, Ritesh Singh, Eli, David Scott, Edelin. Let's see if there's any questions here. So we gave away the $170 and then the OG role. Victoria Bentz is in the house, Neil Fraser. And yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are doing this every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. So hang out with us in the Discord if you have any questions, improvements, suggestions. I mean, this 
is your community and we're all building it together. So we'd love to get you guys in there and you know really see what you want to make out of it. Again, if you looked at that five steps video that I put on YouTube the other day, and I put in the announcements as well, but five steps to get the most out of this server. And the very last step was ask and you shall receive, right? And we gave you an example where people were asking about tax software and we put a budget together to go ahead and do that research and we published it. And other people were talking about different trading strategies that they wanted to automate and we could actually create software around that as well. So ask and you shall receive. Again, this is your community. Let me know what I can do to make it better for you. And then again, with the collab giveaways, really controversial. Let me know how you want to handle that as well. I'm fine doing it either way. I'm just really happy with what we have so far. So this is Robin Copernicus. Boom, bam, I'm out. And I'll leave Anna with the, the last word. Yes. So again, thank you guys as always for being here and supporting us and watching us live. And just thank you. We really appreciate your engagement and just your excitement for watching us live every single time. As you know, we, we do this every single week, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. CST. So we'll see you the next time with new headlines and just exciting, juicy details of the NFT space so that you yeah. don't have to look out for them yourself. All right. Have a good night. So thank you guys again. Robbie Copernicus, boom, bam.